Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of the community members. Find us at whateverworks.audio and why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an Aiden free Whatever Works. Hello, everyone. I'm joined today by a quorum is there a quorum no it's a gang of four it's steve litchfield <laughs> hello chris there. kelly and ian hello. barton hello gents yeah. three people hello, that have been on the show before maybe not all at the same time though so we're going to give this a go and see how we get on um uh, okay chris yeah i'm splendid thank you splendid ian or you had a busy day i understand yeah i'm, I'm uh, relaxing at the moment thank you <laughs> really good and steve as well um we have got you on the call. You weren't on the show that long ago, actually, were you? No, I, I try to chip in whenever I can. Yeah, um, yeah, by the yeah. way, where is Mr. Mr. Bell? Should we know where he is? He's gone to, um, let's see, Switzerland and Germany, I think it is, um, on a train. No, on a plane. No, yeah. on a car. He's driving anyway. <laughs> having, a, having a time off anyway. So we thought we'd carry on without him anyway. We'd have a chance to get some guests on so welcome gentlemen and um we'll just do a bit of the furniture before we go any further oh just to make you aware that the next show that we're going to be doing which is in three weeks time i think is going to be a coffee special those that have followed the show will know that aiden has got a brand new nearly 1800 quid coffee machine (laughs) made by sage and has shuffled his old one my way so i'm experimenting and um there's loads to say about what what i'm discovering anyway i don't know about him we'll find out and on the next show we're going to dig in deep and find out about that we're we're thinking about doing a psc special steve and asking people to send Mm -hmm. in two minute audio clips um, um, to edit into the the final show to tell us um, about what they're they're all doing with coffee. I guess you'd be up for that, Chris. Heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll watch this space on that one. Whatever works. Dot works is our website, and tedsalmon dot com is where you'll find me. Links to all the audio podcasts that I do, we do, the team do, and also the MeWe group. So head across there. Thanks for chipping into the MeWe group. It's really helpful, and well done to you all. Um, AidenBell dot com is uh, where you'll find Aiden, and we'll move on from there. Um, well, right, where should we go then? We a bit of feedback from the last show. Daniel Bemis, um, which we kept mispronouncing, is actually called Daniel Bemis, and he has actually corrected us now. So we will try really hard, Daniel, to call you Daniel Bemis um, going forward. Also, the utility room sink in America is plastic, he says, and costs $79 in relation to the item on the last show, the, the musty one that he had to link to in um, in, um, in England, in the UK, was actually the closest looking, but actually significantly more expensive. Um, as for my sinking office chair, Paul Lund got in touch and suggested a strong plastic plumbing tube. He said, stick that in there, cut it in half, stick it in and do it up. And it will do do the job. He even offered to make it for me. So um, thank you very much, Paul. And if I get really stuck, then I shall I shall take you up on that. Simon Bates says that the blue glue stuff you put in skin at hospitals is called histoacryl. Histoacryl. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, he says that I've used it as a medic, and um, so when he was a search dog handler, when he was in the army, it works on dogs and humans, and it's medical grade super glue, basically. 
And lastly, it's the issue of the colorways, the colorways. Mike Latour and Daniel Bemis, who are both Americans, say they've never heard of colorways. I suggested that they look at tech reviews, and it seems to me that it's everywhere, all over the place. Um, and I put a, sh- a picture in the show notes there to, to prove the point. I think some people don't see it, because when I post things into MeWe, I change it. So when, when you read anything that I've posted, it doesn't say it in there. Anyway, I can't believe I'm the only person not to see this. I've never heard the term colourways in my life, Ted. Honest, in fact, you quoted some major tech sites there. Not once has my brain registered the <laughs> word colourways in conjunction with mobile tech. Not once. Fair enough. Chris? Uh, yeah, well, I have heard of it. I used to, um, in one of my many jobs, do work for Marks and Spencers on their IT side of things, opening uh, new stores, amongst other things. And colorways was a, a very popular term in terms of their products, but even the whole color scheme for new stores. So I uh, have heard it and used it. Okay. I bet there was a U in it, though, wasn't there? Arr. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, have you ever heard of it? I've not heard of that, but I've heard I've not heard of this stuff called histoacryl. But I I, I had something very similar on my leg operation about six weeks ago, oh, wow. uh, when I had about a six inch scar super glued together. When yeah. I went back to the hospital to have the sutures taken out, I said, "No, uh, I can't see any sutures there." And the nurse said, "No, it's all right. That's just super glue." <laughs> uh, was it blue? It looked it looked red like the like the sort of flesh underneath. So it's probably. Um, clear plastic of some sort okay very good okay well there you go there's a bit of feedback from the group um let's get some items on the go shall we um steve let's start with peter hines peter hines in the group has posted on the font size app trust me to get a tech one ted uh, it's, it's, it's an android um smartphone font size toggle he says i'm a committed small phone user but i sometimes Yay. i sometimes need to increase the font size especially when my eyes are tired to save routing about in the settings, this app provides a widget to quickly toggle between two predefined font sizes. I have 120% and 140%. This is only £1.19 for the ad-free version. Highly recommended. Thank you, Peter. Oh, right. OK. I, I, I meant to try this, actually. I bet you it messes with all the layout of your home screens when you do it. Nah. Though. And then you've got to try and put it all back again. I don't know. I shall try that before the next show, though. Um, Ian, who's next? I'm on the uh, Otzi Spark Portable Carbon Steel Flat Fat Grill, which I've never actually heard of before. I'll, I would, I'd love to have a go with one of those. Uh, we quite often have, if, if it's decent weather, we quite often uh, have meals out, outside sitting yep. at a table. And we, we have actually got a barbecue, but it's a major pain to clean up after, after you've used it. It takes about two hours to scrub everything down and get it clean. So one of these sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, a flat pack one. Matt Jones was the one to, to to push this our way. And it's only 37 quid, Ian, which makes it even more enticing, I suppose. Yeah, I just think it was, my daughter's birthday's coming up this weekend, so I, I might suggest that she needs to get one of these ones and buy it for her. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's, a, it's also quite dinky, nine inches by nine inches when it's kind of packed up, and it's got a, a bag that comes with it, uh, Matt says. Um, he's not sure when he'd actually use it, but it, this, was, this was actually an I want one of those for him. Um, but he says it's really cool and very reasonably priced for something so innovative. A great option for survivalists. Two, I think. 
they could carry it in their backpack and knock up a spit roast with the odd rat or seagull <laughs> they find. <laughs> Given it's nine by nine, you're not going to get many burgers on there, are you? <laughs> no, that's when it's packed up, I think. <laughs> I think when it's open, it should be bigger uh, than that. Yeah, yeah, nine by nine inches when stored. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, looking, um, at, looking at the picture, it looks like that's about the size of it, the riddle. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, okay. Well, maybe it's not very clear then. But anyway, Matt Jones fancies one, and you should have one. 37 quid is a good price. I, got, I bought a doorbell last week. I thought, I'm fed up with all this smart stuff going all around me. I'm going to get a, well, it's not completely manual because it hasn't got a wire, but it's, it works on wireless. And this is the TechNet wireless doorbell. Um, it's supposed to be waterproof, um, and there's divided opinion on that on the Amazon reviews. But anyway, it was worth a punt, I thought, for a 12 quid, less 15% voucher. Um, and I thought that that could do the job. There's two things missing, I find. I don't know what, what you thought about this, Steve. With a static um, van situation, there's two things missing from the outside. One is a letterbox, and the other is a doorbell. And I thought, I can fix one of those anyway, straight away. We had a letterbox in our static van when we lived in one. Did you? Uh, but then our, our static had a kind of a, a, an enclosed porch off to one side. I think yours has got an open right. open veranda. Yeah. Ours was yeah. closed. We had the tumble dryer in there. And, of course, that's where you went in. They'd put a, a letterbox in the front and the postman could pile the post through. But it wouldn't actually touch our front door, as it were. Right, very good. Um, yeah, some people on the site here have got these American-style um things on posts that, that they, okay. they use yeah. so that that kind of works as well anyway this one seems to work as described you get um loads of tunes to choose from um different volumes it comes with screws and sticky pads i decided that um i wasn't going to screw it to the side of the the van i stuck it on a window with a sticky pad and actually it works pretty pretty well the mother ship unit you plug into a three pin plug and that's it. You're away. It just works on a, on it on its own Wi-Fi circuit or whatever it is. And um, it, every time it's uh, it's been used so far, it, it's absolutely fine. Both ends light up light up like a Christmas tree. Um, but I shall I report back in months to come, in shows to come about the waterproofness and whether or not um, you know. Well, yeah. for one thing, one thing, whether or not it stays on the window <laughs> the, the, with the sticky pad. But uh, yeah, so far so good. All right, uh, Chris, what's next? Uh, I want to claim character assassination that you've made me read this one. Oh, right. so, <laughs> so, so this is about beer. I don't know what you're trying to say about me, Ted. <laughs> um, it's beer made from recycled shower water. Mm. Um, apparently it's a, an article from The Guardian. Uh, water recycling companies making beer from wastewater. And I can tell from personal experience, that's the Guardian reporter, not me, um, that it was a pleasant experience. And um, to recycle some terms I've heard beer people use, it had a crisp and drinkable flavour. There were notes, there were no notes of shower or laundry. Um, And if this was served in a bar, I guess I'd never know where it came from. Well, my opinion on this is, isn't all water recycled? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, it's the water cycle. I'd learned that at primary school. Yeah. Well, a, lot no, of, uh, a lot of water is recycled from the sky, and I agree there is some recycling as well via the, 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 the drainage system, but isn't most of the water we drink and through our taps, doesn't it ultimately come from the sky into reservoirs and then filtered slightly and then pumped through? Am I? What am I missing here? 
Yeah, all water gets treated. So, yes, I mean, you know, at some point that water was previously in a river or in the ocean and all salty and whatever. Oh, I see, and whatever. yes, you mean so, the whole yeah. global so, yeah, recycling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole world cycle. Yeah. I, I don't know, Ian, <laughs> what about in your on your farm? Do you have any uh, recycling water stuff going on? Well, we don't recycle water as such, but we've actually got a borehole uh, from which we can extract a certain amount of uh, water for, for a fixed price. And it's not quite drinkable because it's got a higher than average uh, amount of manganese in it. Uh, although I have actually made cups of tea out of it in the past and I've not died yet. But we use <laughs> thousands of gallons of water a day for washing out um, uh, milking piles and things like that. Yeah. And it's a lot lot cheaper than paying seven, uh, seven what's its name, for, for water on, you know, that potable water that comes in a pipe yeah so so how, how do you get it out it's in the ground is it you have to yeah it's only it about out. 15 feet underground so we've just got a pump that pumps it out into a big tank and then there's right. another pump that pumps it from the tank to wherever you need it and is that just water that's come off the land uh it's well there are, it must be an underground stream or an underground uh reservoir somewhere right, and there's right. quite there's quite a few around here quite a few people have got these boreholes yeah. uh, and they vary in depth between ours is quite shallow it's only about, about 15 feet under the ground but mm. some people go about 50 60 feet under the ground to, to pump water out right isn't beer from recycled shower water isn't it going to cost a lot more surely the amount of work and power and resources needed to extract the chemicals and distill the water or whatever however they do it isn't that going to make a lot the beer a lot more expensive than beer made from re- with regular water as a base? Anyone? It's a good question. I, mm. I was I was waiting for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Well, to... We we actually live in a in an area that's got very hard water, <clears throat> and for the stuff we put in the kettle, we run it through a what's basically a deioniser, and that claims to remove everything except water, including. Texas things in nasty chemicals, and I think uh, big, you know bigger bigger industries also use that. Although obviously it's going to be expensive because the the cartridge only lasts for so long. Yeah. Can yeah, we use I've... the whatever works beer fund um, and gadget <laughs> fund, Ted, to buy a crate of this beer and divvy it up yeah. so we can all try it? We could we could certainly have a go at that. In the meantime, let's get on to cars, shall we? Yes, David Hewitt's written in on the subject of the Motorola MA1 wireless Android car adapter. Again, I've got the tech story, Ted. It was very good. Very kind of you. <laughs> um, he says this does exactly as expected. In case you're wondering what a wireless Android car adapter is, if your car supports Android Auto on its centre console but only accepts cabled input, this lets you hook up from an Android phone wirelessly. So basically you're doing without the cable. So he says there's no more hassle setting it up than a standard Bluetooth connection, for example, and make phone calls and so on. Uh, David says, I've been waiting for these to be released in the UK, and they just have been now. So the link in the show notes, hugely recommended. Wireless Android Auto, instant connection from smartphone to car screen with, quote, easy setup. There's a direct plug-in USB adapter. Um, I guess that uh, converts your car to the appropriate wireless standard. And a secure gel pad is included. So see the link there, the Motorola MA1 TED. Chris, you, you're definitely going to have something to say about this because you're wired up and Bluetoothed up when you go out on your bike, aren't you? I used to have a car that um, was a 
Apple CarPlay connected, but it had to be wired in and mm-hmm. to physically plug it in, which um, to a degree I wasn't always happy about because then you've constantly got a fairly um, uh, powerful recharging going on. Yeah. So in in some ways, yes, it's nice that your phone was never going flat, but in other ways, when I'm doing long journeys here, you know, lots of hours, the the phone is constantly on charge, which I, I never quite liked. So the idea of um, a wireless option is, is actually quite appealing. But right. um, when I'm on my bike, um, basically I, I, I just stick the phone onto a mount on the handlebars and, and use it as a sat-nav. Right. Hmm. Very good. Okay, well, I think the news here, um, which Dave is pointing out, is that this Motorola unit has just become available in the UK. It has been available elsewhere, but it's just arrived in the UK. So anyone interested in that, we'll put a link in the show notes to it. Ian, um, we had a conversation in the MeWe group last week about a, um, a kind of innovative plan that Amazon was up to in America, which might come here. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I can see why they want to do that. And if if I, uh, for example, say I I ordered five things from Amazon and I got $10 for each thing, you know, in the same same load, that that would make sense to me. But my my nearest Amazon place is about five or six miles away at the supermarket. So if I was just going to do that, I would probably – it would probably cost me about eight dollars in diesel or whatever, you know, something like that. So it would be a bit pointless. <laughs> Let's just explain um, what the, the scheme is. So, so what Amazon are doing is, is offering people money off the items they're ordering if they agree to not have it delivered to their home, but to be delivered to a local inverted commas um, pickup point, and the person goes and gets it from there, and it saves all the um, the, the 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 cost of delivering all the rest of it and saves on their transport and their their employees and the 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 buyer goes and collects it but as you say Ian, that depends very much on where you live doesn't it yeah the, the other thing that i do sometimes is if i leave if i order something valuable i know that has to be signed for when the amazon driver arrives uh the I'll sometimes get it delivered to the Amazon locker, which is in the same supermarket. Yeah. And that's worth it to me because you don't have to stay around all day to, you know, to, to, yeah. to uh, authenticate your, you know, publication when the driver turns up. Yeah, yeah. The, lo- the, the lockers, I guess, is probably a very similar idea, except in this case, they're paying you money to take the option, whereas with the lockers, they don't. They just, you know, you can just choose that as the address if you want to. Um, I haven't got one anyone near me. I, I guess in the middle of um, Reading, you'd have loads of them, Steve, wouldn't you? Yeah, they're, they're all over the place. And, and also rivals to Amazon. There's all sorts of places you can have delivered to all sorts of lockers. It's all quite complex. But I do with, with the, have a concern here. How is this actually saving Amazon money? Because these vans, Amazon, which we, I get deliveries from Amazon almost every day, they, they're driving down my road every day anyway, and they stop at about three different spots on the road. If I choose to, to pay less and collect my order from a locker somewhere, um, the van has still got to, with a driver in it, it's still got to go down my road to the other three houses. So unless everybody chooses this, it doesn't actually save many miles on the van's 
logistics now and maybe ian barton in the middle of nowhere maybe it saves the driver having to go all the way to ian's house yeah, but then yeah. he's got his own cost decision to make as he already mentioned so i just don't see this is going to be workable in the uk hmm. um chris any lockers around you your way yeah we're fairly uh well served i've got um a post office which is, uh, is a, probably a whole two minutes walk from my door uh, pretty much at the end of my avenue. So uh, we're well done. They've got these um, lockers planted outside that you can access any time of day. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're fairly well served. And there's a, a supermarket that's about a 10-minute walk away that also has lockers. So uh, it would be convenient for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if it was, for, for me, if it, if it was in, like, say, two miles of where I live, then I, I would jump on board with this scheme. I think it'd be great. But as Steve says, um, you know, uh, it's not going to suit everyone unless everyone gets on board and everyone does the same thing. Anyway, we shall see. Um, now, one thing that's missing because of Aiden not being here is our jingles. So we'll have to <laughs> sing them instead. Everyone, we'll have to sing the, the jingle. And I was just thinking about the still using jingle. I can't remember what the still using jingle was. <laughs> the still, still using jingle tent is you singing still using with Aidan adding it? a bit of fancy effects so you oh, can yeah. sing it live on the show. So still take it away, Ted. Still using, still using. Is that it? Yeah. No, only only more tuneful. <laughs> still using, still <laughs> using. Sorry, Aidan. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Steve, what are you still using? I'm still using the Easy Sleep White Noise Machine. Now, I know, I know, it hasn't been a year since I brought this on, but we have used it every night since, or roughly 130 times since buying, which is a lot. It's got 30 or so digital samples, the usual section of white noise stuff, including rain and waves and so on, a range of volumes, mains power, so it can be left on all night, and a really handy nightlight. It's perfect for dogs, in our case, and babies, who you don't want being freaked out by small household noise. Just, you know, blanks all the noise out and levels it all out so that the dog or baby can just sleep through. It's now 21 quid. I think this is a good buy. Anyway, we'll st- we're still using it now and probably for the next few years as we condition the dog to ignore distractions. Well worth mm. it. Even thinking about getting another for use downstairs for daytime naps. It's a really nice little bit of technology. It doesn't cost the earth and it's not smart. It's not connected to the Internet. So I class it as low tech, but good tech. Light and sound, says Aidan, at night when you're trying to sleep. I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> Still, each to their own. Good job I'm not here, says Aidan. Yeah, it's a good thing you're not a six-month-old <laughs> dog, Aidan. We should sneak into Aidan's house one night and just slip this into the corner of the room, press the button, <laughs> and it's got it wakes up. lights and noise and samples and <laughs> jump out of his skin. Yeah. My uh, personal thing for getting off to sleep is audio books. Ah, uh, yeah, right. me too. I, I I set a sleep timer. I set the sleep timer for 15 minutes every time, and then I come back to it the next night, and I have to rewind probably five or ten minutes <laughs> to get back to the point where I fell asleep. Brilliant. I've got, I've got a way around that, is that you just keep listening to the same book over and over about <laughs> ten times, and then eventually you get to hear it all. <laughs> and because you've heard it before, it's slightly boring, which means you fall asleep faster. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Fiendish. Exactly. Now, um, my um, still using is actually a Steve still using because he's the one that put us onto this. The key koi extendable grabber. My mum was having trouble reaching um, up the top of cupboards these days. And I I was trying to encourage her not to step up on these kitchen steps 
um, because they haven't got a handle and you know she's just in her 80s um, so it seemed like it was very sensible um, does the job absolutely folds in half to store grips nicely onto jars for her or whatever there's even a magnet thingy at the end for grabbing drop down things behind radiators or whatever but um yeah steve over to you really because you've had more use than we have yeah this is wonderful if you, if you think of your local pound shop or bargain basement place and you've got these grabbers for a quid or two quid and they're plastic the rubbish and they fall apart after five minutes this is the rolls royce of extendable grabbers mm. um, it's sturdily made and it's got an led torch built into the head so you, oh, you, yeah. you can grab things in dark corners or under furniture either with the the, the the grips or with the magnet as you say ted it's got it's this it literally is the rolls royce of grabbers i think it's about 15 quid and well worth it excellent so there you go the extendable grabber kikoi and it was about, I think it was about 17 quid. Is that, does that sound I right? I paid less, work, but I think it's gone up due to, well, Brexit and the yeah, world situation. Yeah. <laughs> and in, yeah. importing it, I guess, and making it. It's now £17, but it was I about it is, 13 yeah. or 14 when we bought it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. On a anyway, similar topic, it? It, more of a, a, a make-do-and-men sort of thing, my, um, my better half is a rather short lady. She's under five feet tall, and she often struggles to get things from the top shelf in the cupboards. Mm-hmm. And we, we have some, um, the, the sort of kitchen tongs that are designed for turning your bacon over, where it's oh, a, yeah. a metal frame with silicon rubber covers on them so they don't scratch the pans. Um, and she just uses those to grab cupboards, uh, tins out of cupboards. Mm. There you go. See. Very good. Multi-purpose. Absolutely. Right. Um, Chris. Are you still, you, it sounds like you should be bringing this to the next show, not this one. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll keep it fairly brief here, but my still using is my AeroPress coffee maker. Um, I, I think it was about 2005 the thing was invented, and it took me a few years to get onto it. I reckon I've probably been using one for well over a decade. Um, it's a fantastic bit of kit. If you're just making a coffee for yourself and you're not into all the fancy stuff that Aiden likes with his <laughs> steaming milk and this. That. If you just want a good cup of coffee, straightforward coffee, better milk and sugar in, you can't go wrong with the AeroPress. It's cheap, it's quick, the clean-up is fantastic because all you do is you, you punch the puck of coffee out of the end and run it under the tap when you're done. It's an awesome bit of kit and I wouldn't be without it. I've, I've got one of these, which I've had probably about five or six years now. The, the only slightly uh, thing that goes wrong with it is you, you can get what's called an arrow press explosion. If you don't quite get the parts <laughs> fitted in properly and you press the plunger down, rather than instead of going into your cup, it sprays itself out in random directions. So make sure you always put it in the sink to do that in case it goes wrong. <laughs> oh, dear. Has that happened to you, Chris? Um, I, I was going to say, it depends on how you're doing it. I use the inverted method for brewing. Um, rather than me explain it all to you, look it up on YouTube. There's plenty of videos out there that show you how to do it. But with the inverted method, I have never, ever had that happen. It's dead reliable. The only thing is people make a big fuss of then turning the aeroprace the right way up and putting it on the cup as if it needs to be done quickly. You don't. If you can imagine... Um, picking up a can of Coke, 
and turning it up so that you were pouring the coke into a glass. It's a similar sort of action. You can pick it up nice and slowly, hold it over the cup, turn it the right way up, and then sit it on the cup and do your plunge. So, yeah. uh, top tip there for you, Ian. You, yeah, thank um, you, yeah. I must admit, I'm impatient. I usually just pick it up and whack it on top <laughs> of the cup. Wasn't Aero, Aero Press Explosion an album by Tangerine Dream in the 70s? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Very good. Okay, well, Chris, you were kind enough to actually buy one of these for me yonks ago, and um, I do go back to it now and again and use it, but I've been tempted away by Aiden's wand-steaming amazing machine. I've never seen anything like it. I needed to learn how to use it, and we'll come to that on the next show, but anyway, um, uh, it still is here, and I still quite use, use it quite often, and very much enjoy it so thank you once again point of clarification ted that if the next show is a coffee special does that mean there will only be coffee stuff on the show or will that really be the center point can i skip the next show altogether and will there be other stuff on it there will not be anything else on it if people respond to our appeal for sending in their <laughs> clips okay. but if they don't and we haven't got enough content who knows you won't need right. to skip it, Steve. It'll be, it will be interesting. Don't be so miserable. <laughs> now we're going to a new jingle, another jingle, and it's cheap as chips. How does this one go? Cheap as chips? No. Cheap. I can't remember how these jingles go. My brain's dead. I think that I'll, was I'll the Ted's Top Stitch tune. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Ted's Top Tips, Ted's Top Tips. Um, I'm afraid cheap. after hundreds of shows, Aidan, I'm afraid these jingles... They haven't really sunk into our collective memory. I, I do apologise. <laughs> I really can't remember. And every show I listen to it, start to end, to check that he's not left any clangers in it. And I should know what they they sound like, for goodness sake. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Cheapest chips, Steve. Oh, yes. Um, these are the Presto uh, biodegradable antibacterial household multipurpose wipes, a typical Amazon long-winded description. But they basically do what they say on the tin. Bear, bear with me because everybody knows about wipes but these are six pack of presto wipes 40 in a pack for under seven pounds so that's one pound 16 a pack or about 2.5 pence a wipe which is great now if all that isn't cheap as chips then i don't know what is and it's not just covid i've been using this particular antibacterial wipes for kitchen and bathroom cleaning for years 40 now this is important 40 wipes per pack is about right it's the sweet spot the mega packs in supermarkets go wrong. They've got I know, 120 wipes, 160 in a three-inch pack. It looks great value, but the last half get wasted because the whole lot's dried out by the time your family gets round to using them, not helped by them usually leaving the top seal off. <clears throat> family for room 101, I think. Uh, the wipes are probably not that ecologically friendly, but the cleaning does save me lots and lots of time. So it's a trade-off, and I will help the environment in other ways. Don't tell Chris. Ah. Chris, <laughs> we were, uh, I, I was I was reading just today actually, Chris, the the side of a packet of wet wipes saying mm. that they're flushable, and I thought of you because you're the one that said no, they're not. They should stop doing that, but no one stopped them doing that. Yeah, no, they they just don't <laughs> they don't dissolve quick enough. Did they ever tell you the story about me going to the toilet roll plant? I'll save that for another day. I don't think you did. No, is it scary? Uh, no, it's just fascinating, but um, it's okay. quite a long story, so I won't bore you with it now. Well, Did you come back with a, with a sore bum after spending the entire day like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, you wouldn't get a sore bum if you st- you sat on a nice little folding stool, Ian. Slinky, link. <laughs> Tell us about yes, your I'll... stool. 
Yeah, I had a, an operation on my right knee about oh, about eight weeks, six, seven weeks ago now, I think. And I wanted to get back on my bike so I could get fit. And I've got to basically got a turbo trainer which holds the bike in a in a stand and uses a sort of spinning magnet at the back. And it you can use various things that you get on uh, YouTube to actually r- ride up, you know, ride around the various parts of the country, different countries. And it, it coordinates itself, the electronics in the in in the uh, in, in the turbo trader. Right. The one problem I've got is that I, I can't lean the bike over towards me because it's it's held up right in the trader. Um, my leg, well, my knee is very very stiff, so I couldn't actually get my leg all the way over to the top of the saddle to sit on it. Right. So I was looking for a fairly cheap. Uh, folding stool that wouldn't collapse if i stood on it and this is actually very good uh i think it was about it's actually cheap as chips because it's only nine pounds ninety five whoa <laughs> uh, uh it's just the right height that i can easily step up step over the saddle and get on the bike and also it falls flat so if it, if it comes to a point where it doesn't need to get used again it just you, you can literally fold it flat and hide it in the cupboard somewhere mm, very good Um, I was just going to say, I've had one of these um, when we did our self-build camper van sort of thing that we use in the camper van because it's small and compact, but just gives that uh, step up into the van. Yeah, yeah. it certainly looks very solid. I I was looking at the the, the more expensive, bigger one, Ian, and I was actually quite surprised that um, it was taking more weight on the bigger one, even though the big one looked very much taller, and I thought it was the wrong way around because um, this one is good for 14 stone and the um the the more expensive taller one was good for 23 stone and um yeah i thought that's if you'd think if it was near the nearer the ground it would be more stable and take more weight but obviously not still so they just use sort of better you know better yeah, plastic in yeah, the, in yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, big, the bigger one <laughs> and talking of better plastic i can tell you about the t-fell salad tongs um, now, there's a story behind this, which uh, my mum has got these solid salad tongs thingies, which she serves up salad with, and she's had them, Tupperware ones, since about 1975, and about three months ago, I broke them. <laughs> and we can't get new ones, well, you can on eBay, but um, they're not really the proper they're all the Tupperware ones. Anyway, so... I went off to find her a new pair of tongs. These ones seem to do this, the trick. They're very sturdy, thick and solid plastic, very much like the Adeptna folding stool, which is what the stool was called, incidentally, um, that Ian spoke about just now. Um, and, yeah, you pinch them together and the teeth interweave and you grab your salad. Um, there's a little gripper thingy at the end if you want to lift individual items up. Um, and um, it just works fine. They're also very good for lifting up cooked spaghetti, because the, the the teeth interweave with each other. Um, the only com- the only complaint that we've got so far is that the rest position could be wider. So maybe they open up wider to begin with. So because you you tend to have to put your finger in the middle of them to open it up to get it wider. You see what I mean? Um, to actually get get in there first. But it's not a deal breaker though, and they work very well. Um, recommended. Um, very sturdy looking. And T-Fell's a good name. £8.99, so that's my cheapest chips. I snuck it under the radar too. Um, uh, Chris, over to you. Uh, Yeah, my cheapest chips um, is a 
pressurized garden sprayer thing. It's a it's a two liter receptacle with a pump on the top. You pump it up and you press the button, and whatever liquid you put in gets sprayed out the nozzle. The the generally um, made for uh, for gardening stuff. So put your your green fly killer in or or whatever. I use it for my motorcycles. I love riding my motorcycles, but I really hate washing them. It's not a job that I enjoy. Um, and I found that uh, what I can do is I, I can do a, a pre-mix of the bike cleaner shampoo in this stuff. I give the bike a quick jet wash to get the majority of the grime off it. And then I give it a spray over with this stuff. Let it soak for five or ten minutes and then come back and... Uh, Agitate the oily bits with a brush and then uh, use a microfiber mitt on the shiny bits. And and it's just quick and easy. It's, it's fairly uh, lay, low labor sort of exercise rather than having to get the buckets out and mix everything up and do all that sort of shenanigans. So, um, yeah. So, so, you, so you pump air into it and then you use the trigger to fire it? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you just okay. press, pressurize the, the vessel and it comes spraying out. Yes. I suppose it's, um, if you think of an aerosol spray can, it's obviously the gas pressure that sends the product out, and it's the same yeah, thing yeah. here, but you you manually pressurise mm. it. It's um, very useful cleaning motorcycles. Very good, yeah. I suppose you could put anything into it, anything you fancy, couldn't you? Put, you put salad cream into it. <laughs> you could put beer into it, but made from yes. recycled shower water. <laughs> yes. And I forgot to mention, it was a mere £8.65. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, it looks really good as well. Um, so anyone in the with uh, the need for one of those, look out. The link's in the show notes, as always. Now, I want one of those, which I really can't remember the jingle for. Sorry, Aiden. <laughs> can, <I? laughs> can, can, can you remember it? I, I want one of those. No, that's the um, – no, I can't remember. Anyway, right. My one is, <laughs> sorry, a, <Aiden. laughs> um, is a Marshall speaker. Again, I'm sorry. I know I, I put this on partly because I knew that Chris and Steve were on. Yay. And they are big fans of Bluetooth <laughs> speakers. And But the, the one that I was heading towards was one that I haven't got, which is a home-based unit with a power cord. Now, it's it's great to have the Emberton and the Willans and the, the Stockwells and all the ones that have got USB-C in now. That's absolutely great. But sometimes you think, I want one that I can turn on and it stays on and not times out. And um, it's it's a it's just a nice one. The Middleton came along and I thought maybe that does that, but it doesn't. It's the same kind of thing. The ones I'm heading for are the Stanmore 3 and the Woburn 3. The Stanmore 3 is 350 quid and the Woburn 3 is 550 quid. <laughs> so it's definitely an i want one of those situation um and and one of these days um when i can afford it i'd love to get a a proper bigger home-based one and not a portable one Port great as they are the portable ones i don't need another one and i know that you don't chris no i mean i forgot which one mine is it's sort of the the mid-size one it's actually directly behind my head where i'm sitting now Fantastic, I love it, and actually that's the thing that I listen to my audio books on when I go to bed. Yeah. Lovely sound, lovely tone. Um mm-hmm. but if I was paying this sort of money, I think I'd want stereo. Okay, well they are stereo, but they're built in stereo. Yeah, there's not much space between them, yeah. is there? Yeah. 
Mm. They do some clever stuff with the, the electrics. My um, Stockwell has got that clever stuff going on, and it's, it does actually sound... Anyway, we, let's not get into that Sony reality audio thing, <laughs> conversation again. We're, we're, we're I was biting out. my tongue at that point. Yes. <laughs> uh, Steve, yeah. you fancy one of these? Yes, I want one of them as well. I, I, I was My finger's hovering over the buy button, but <laughs> I absolutely would get sh- shouted down by the rest of the family. If I started using this to anything like its true potential, yeah, I wouldn't be able to live in the same house with uh, uh, yeah. two uh, two other adults and three pets. I'd they, drive them all mad with Pink Floyd or Hawkwind yeah. or whatever at high volume. You don't have to have it on high volume, though, because as Chris will um, appreciate as well, as you, I know, um, you can you can appreciate good quality audio gear um, at lower volumes. It just sounds better and nicer, doesn't it? Well, I, I, I've got so many Bluetooth speakers, they already sound great. What I know, I, I know, I know. What yeah, I know yeah, what yeah, is great, yeah. but much, much louder. Yeah, and as yeah, you say, okay. mains powered, yeah. <laughs> but the, the other advantage to these um, mains ones is that they, they tend to have RCA in um, cables, so I can put my record player into uh, it as well and use it for that. Yeah. So, so I've got lots of different um, uses for them. Anyway, let's move on. Um, oh, it's more audio AV tech. Chris? Yes. Um, <laughs> ma- many, many decades ago, um, when I had my extension built in my house, it was specifically designed so that one day I could have a home cinema. Um, without going into the detail, there's, there's space for me to, to have an electric um, screen that drops down for me, and, and I've got cable ducts under the floor so I can run a cable. Um Got all the sound system, but never quite could afford to get the projector at the time. What I want now is one of the latest generation of uh, laser short throw projectors. Um, the one that I've put up in here it, it was was just an example of the genre. Uh, this is an LG one. It's a 4K ultra high definition laser short throw. It'll project you. Um, a hundred and twenty inch image from a matter of inches away from the screen. It's a full three channel RGB laser. Um, fantastic bit of kit <laughs> for a mere four thousand pounds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow! Well, you're back at work now, Chris. You can afford it. Treat uh, no, not on the bike instructor's salary accounts, no. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I'm going to be a little bit cheeky um, and, and riff off Steve's comment about um, Hawkwind because I know that the next area for topic is better before. I went to see Hawkwind a couple of weeks ago. Ah, Sorry, well, better before. No, they, no, they were an awful amazing. lot better before, back in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they yeah. were better before, for sure. One of my ultimate claims to the better before fame is well, I must have been about, I don't know, can't work time ahead, about 15 or 16. I actually saw Pink Floyd at the Northwich Memorial Hall for the enormous sum of half a crown. Uh, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. And, and they had, they had uh, what's the Sid one that, um, that uh, I think he committed suicide, didn't he? Sid Barrett. Sid Barrett, that's it, yes. No, he, he was he, part he, of he, it. He, he didn't commit suicide, but. Um, he 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 dropped out of um, what was going on with the band, and he he actually died about what ten years ago now, I think, Steve. 
Uh, it might have been, yeah, but he he kind of went mad with all the drugs he was taking, yeah, and he was, yeah, became yeah, unreliable at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. By the way, I've been doing uh, some research, yeah. tearing you away from chewing gum for the years territory. But you know this Woburn three you just mentioned at five hundred and twenty quid yeah. or something. You were bemoaning not you know, stereo, saying it produces kind of pseudo stereo. You can buy two of them, and they automatically pair. <laughs> yes. It turns the speakers in each Woburn three <laughs> to be the same channel, and you put the two Woburn threes either side of a living room. And for a mere one thousand and fifty pounds, you've got Marshall stereo Yay. in tremendous fidelity. Just saying, you can do that. Yeah, you can, if you want to, you can have the same thing coming out of both of them. Or if you want to use them separately, you can. I've, I've had some Sony uh, much, much cheaper speakers doing that. And actually, some of the cheaper Marshall ones do that as well. But as you say, let's move away and on, away <laughs> from chewing gum from the ears and leave our Marshall dreams in the pipeline. Um, better before. Better. No, I can't remember that. <laughs> Come on, guys. This is dreadful, isn't it? I listen to it every every time as well. Anyway, Steve, rescue me. Yeah, well, what's better before? Well, the past was better before, but that's my kind of trivial answer. When we were all 20 years old, guys, we were bounding in energy and in perfect health. Life was better. However, that's a rather... You want something more concrete for this particular show. So, <laughs> the World Wide Web was better before, I'm going to say. Now, this is before adverts and pop-ups and slide-overs and embedded videos yeah. and offers and notifications and cookies. And I put a screenshot in the notes, guys, of a random website on my Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 4, which is roughly a square aspect ratio. And of the entire screenshot, there's a tiny area in the middle, which I've helpfully ringed, which has got actual content. All the rest is complete <laughs> rubbish. 20 years ago, 2003, almost everything on the web was actual content. You went to read an article and there it was. Headings, paragraph text, a few images, not that much more. Now you virtually have to use applications for everything in order to filter out the complete and utter irrelevant rubbish. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm in a bad mood today. But yeah, the web was no, better no. before, I contend, discuss. That's right. Just Well, just, just to quickly mention that just today we had this new Google app came out which was to um, strip out all of this and use reader mode, a bit like the Apple system. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so check that out, folks. Um, reader mode is doing a similar job. But I totally agree with you, personally, um, particularly embedded videos. They're so annoying. I've lived quite a, long, a lot of my time with um, relying on cellular. And when that kicks in, it's just like, oh, for goodness sake, taking up my bandwidth is, is limited enough as it is. But, yeah, popovers and all – sorry, pop-ups and adverts, it's so annoying. Um, Ian, what do you reckon? You're a Linux yeah, man, I, aren't you? I, I basically, I've managed to filter almost all of that out because I've got a Raspberry Pi um, yeah, yeah. thing in my system that just – just, completely it, it doesn't get absolutely everything but it gets rid of about 90 percent of it yeah chris i'm sure i don't see anything like the number of pop-ups and stuff that you see steve um i'm clearly just not going to the right or is that the wrong sort of websites well it tends to be local news sites and obscure clickbaity sites where they just want you to get there so they can show you all this rubbish and of course local newspapers that they're famous for they for, for this that they're they're almost all adverts and very little content. Um, so, but so if I guess if you stick to the main sites and Google and Microsoft and MSN or whatever, then you'll be not not too bad. But if you stray off the beaten path, I think then you you hit this kind of error. 
if you go back to um, the days, the early days of All About Symbian, um, I remember um, that on that site there was a line of Google adverts down the side, or was it down the bottom or something? Yeah. And that, that and even that was too annoying for me. Um, <laughs> and that was back 20 years ago, isn't it? No, maybe 15 years ago. Um, but you're, you're quite right. And in order to get an experience like this, you need to go to the likes of Wikipedia, I suppose, Um and even then you get some stuff thrown at you. So, yeah, I, I think you've got all of our votes here. But maybe <laughs> it's just because we're all old farts. Yes. yes, yes. That's, that was the thing about the Better Before <laughs> podcast, Ted, is that almost everything that was brought on, everybody agreed with. There wasn't much controversy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Um, quickly, I wanted to mention Gareth Miles's um, Better Before. He says, it was homework. Um, he put a long post in the MeWe group about this, which I'll, I'll um, um, point you to in, in the show notes if I can. Um, this is about schools digitising and computerising kids' school homework um, and how this was better before. Communication between the school and family used to be executed by a physical notebook. Parents were told via the book what the kids were supposed to do. People knew what was what. Now, there's an uncomfortable mix of Google Classroom, Microsoft Teams, and an app called Seesaw. First, you check the Seesaw to see what the teacher has shared, if they remember. There's normally a list or a summary. Then you go to Google Classroom, so you need passwords and usernames for that. If you set up Google Classroom on your child's computer, you can't log in from your own without resetting the password, so you have to use your child's computer to look at Google Classroom. There are knock-on file-sharing issues, printing and scanning issues. Yes, we have to have a scanner, printer, and ink at all times in the house. Website logins, blah, 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 blah. YouTube videos, um, which can't cast the TVs. Microsoft Teams that won't work with Office 365 family. And so on. He says that, <laughs> better before, the homework arrangements pre previously were better before. Any thoughts? Steve, you've recently had a child that's been at school. Well, yeah, this, relatively recently. <laughs> this all sounds like an IT nightmare. I mean, I'm... I'm glad my daughter finished school about half a decade ago before this utter madness. So you have my vote, Gareth. Yeah. Chris? Um, well, despite my advanced years, I am the parent of a relatively young child, still at primary school. He's he's only 10. Um, the school don't do too bad. They send him home with a folder, so there's still the paper version. Yeah. Um, but he, he does have some online stuff. Um the access. I have to say, I'm quite fortunate. He, he just gets on with it and does it. He doesn't involve us, right. so uh, he's fairly well trained. Maybe it's a um, Northern Ireland thing. It might be a secondary uh, I, school thing. This sounds like it's sort of um, age yeah. thirteen, fourteen, oh, fifteen. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose Ian, your kids are long gone, aren't they? They're probably oh, no, not that long gone. The the, um, the youngest one left school about oh, about four years ago now, I think. And things weren't weren't as bad as Gareth said, but they were they were there was an awful lot of stuff that involved looking at screens and tapping about with computers. Yeah. But I I just used to tell them to get on with on, on their own. For goodness sake, <laughs> get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say I do find it odd that uh, one of the hosts of um a tech podcast is bemoaning the fact that he actually has to have a printer in the house. Yes. <laughs> It, I, yeah, it, it's a bit of, bit of a demand, though, isn't it? Um, you know. Yeah, for for parents that are not so tech savvy, I can imagine it's extremely challenging. 
Yeah, and, and yes. we're we're being encouraged to, to, to not print things, not buy paper, not waste ink, not waste trees and kill trees and be all eco-friendly. And then uh, if Gareth is right, um, you, you, you still got his, his family have still got to invest in all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of them are actually really complicated because my youngest daughter had this uh, thing that she was doing that basically you, you had to work out how to print barcodes using Python. And if you to understand how barcodes work, it took me about a day of work. So, you know, some of them are really mentally challenging. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, there you go. Right, before we go, we've got a couple of things left to do, which one of them is Room 101. Uh, can I sing this one? Yes, you, everybody knows this one. Do they? Well, you do it then. Room 101. Well done, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do the next one. I can remember that. Chris. What are you going to chuck into room 101? Um, <clears throat> companies that rip you off. Uh, it's most often um, broadband suppliers, insurance companies, mobile contracts, and all the rest of it. Companies that if you ring them up and threaten to leave, they suddenly find massive discounts for <laughs> yes. you. Yeah. And they say, well, why would I stay with a company that's going to rip me off? Go, yeah. Well, we're not ripping you off. Yes, but you were prepared to charge me £50 a month more than you now want to charge me, so clearly you were ripping me off. Yeah. Really makes me grumpy. Anyway, as an addendum to that, um, the reason it came up was because um, in the process of changing broadband provider, um, found a really good deal with BT to switch to them. Uh, they turned up last week to install it, and the guy who turned up... Uh, discovered that he had to route the cable round underneath the, the soffits, but I've got a carport underneath. So rather than just throwing the cable over and clipping it either end of the, the carport, he said, oh, no, I can't install it. I can't work over a, um, a flat roof. So he pushed off. So I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll get contacted tomorrow, the next day, whenever. Um so that was on the 18th, Thursday of last week. Today, my patience finally ran, ran out. I rang them up and said, what's happening? When are you going to come back and finish the install? Only to be informed, they're going to review my case on the 29th. <laughs> they had no intention of connect, yeah. uh, contacting me. No plans to finish the install, but they're going to review it on the 29th. Yeah. Ten, well, 11 days after the failed install. The counts and bounders, but yes, you're right about um, you know the, that they were going to charge you more and and then it should have been less and so forth. Um, so yeah, good. We'll we'll let that one into room 101. Absolutely. I'm going to chuck Amazon in again for not running refunding me the difference between an item that was reduced the day after I bought it, but making me return it, send it back, and reorder it exactly the same one. I bought this item. And 24 hours after I bought it, it was reduced in price. I phoned them up and said, look, I can either send this back to you because I've got a month to send it back um, and you send me a new one or um, you can just pay me the difference. No, nope, I had to send it all the way back and they had to order a new one and bring it out to me. Stupid waste of everyone's resources, like we were saying earlier. Um, Steve. Absolute madness, Ted, and I also agree with Chris's. This is a real whingy show, and, and we're grumbling like grumpy old men, <laughs> yeah. and, and with absolute justification, in my viewpoint. <laughs> I'm going to grumble about streaming services. Why do there have to be so many? 
between Netflix, Prime Video, Apple+, Plus, Disney+, Plus, Paramount, Now TV, Sky Movies, iPlayer, and many more, including that horror one that you and Gareth liked it, um, with, with family <laughs> asking to access items on each on a weekly basis, it's become a logistical nightmare to keep track of all this. Yeah. What's active, what's not, in order to avoid paying a fortune for things we're not using. Now, why can't there be a single service aggregator, just call it Streaming Plus or something, which includes all content from all services and costs, say, 15 to £20 a month? And then that company divvies up the royalties according to which content users watch each month. Life would be so much simpler, and I'm claiming a patent on that idea. If someone uses it, I want the royalties. Ha-ha. Sky, Sky did it, didn't they? Everyone, everyone had a Sky dish, and it costs 80 quid a month, but you got absolutely everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I don't want to pay £80 a month. I want to, I'm trying no. to sp- spend less, hence my rant, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I was, I was, I was um, totting up the different prices of those things. I think Apple was seven ninety nine, Disney six ninety nine, um, Netflix, which are, are just about to undergo a, a huge kind of um, change at what they're doing. The cheapest one on there is um, six ninety nine, I think now. Um, and so, yeah, you can easily get to twenty, thirty quid, and still not have all of them. You're right. Gold Star. Now, I do know how to sing this one. It goes, Gold Star. I know it's, that's the wrong way around, isn't it? <laughs> Gold Star. The thing I like about this jingle is that it's really got a deep bass thing going on, and it's really nice. Um, it'd, be, it'd be a shame to not hear that every single time. Anyway, I'm going to give a Gold Star. No, I'm not. Gareth Williams is going to give a Gold Star to NFU Mutual Insurance because last week, some careless driver rear-ended him. NFU have provided excellent and efficient service from immediate post-incident to date with clear and intelligible communication and swift positive action. No hassle or additional fuss, as can so often ensue in insurance cases. I cannot recommend them enough, um, although it would have been preferable not to have to use the service at all, of course. But yeah, Gareth Williams would like to give the gold star. NFU Mutual Insurance, who sounds like they are very, very efficient. So well done to them. Chris? Um, yeah, I'll keep this fairly brief. Um, this show is often promoting uh, Mr. Bezos's little corner shop. Um, <laughs> I'd like to promote AliExpress. Oh, no. Which is kind of the Chinese version, I have to say. I've ordered loads of stuff from them, never had an issue. All right, it takes a little while, might be three weeks or so before it turns up. But I'm buying things, little trinkets for my motorcycle that I know in the UK would cost me 50 quid. Um, I bought some bits for the bike, the sort of handguard bits that go around the handlebars. Um, Including the postage, it was 13 quid. The items themselves were three quid. It was a tenner for the postage, three quid for the item, Mad. and in the UK it cost me fifty quid. Absolute madness! I, I ordered something from AliExpress once, and it arrived all broken. And they said, "Yes, we'll give you your money back." They never did, and so I never ordered anything ever again. And I, I know that it was probably a one-off, and I should try it again, but I can't be bothered, frankly. And if there was something that I really, really want to save money on, I would. But I, it's just so annoying to have to wait for it to be delivered, Steve. Yes, same here. I'm just too impatient, Chris. I applaud you chasing a bargain and saving money. But if I actually finally decide I want something, it's normally because I want it that day. And if not that day, then I'd rather have it tomorrow on Amazon Prime and waiting a month from AliExpress. By the time it arrives, I'll either have stopped using the thing I wanted it for 
Uh, it's, it's just a bit of disaster waiting to happen. But I, I, we'll take your gold star. They still get the gold star from you, if not from Ted and I. Yeah. Ian, have you my, ever my used problem that is the amount of money that I spend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't use it very often, but the one memorable time that I can remember that it worked really well for me, uh, my son's Samsung telly uh, basically came to a grinding halt. And I took the back off it, and there were about 29 screws, but there's only three circuits in it. And doing a bit of very simple diagnosis, I worked out that there was this particular chip that I just pulled out. And they were being sold in Britain for about 80 or 90 quid. And I got one from AliExpress for about £3.50 or something like that. <laughs> it's just mad, isn't it? And I thought, well, you know, if it's the wrong chip, well, that wasn't what was at fault with the telly. I don't mind losing £3.50, but if it's going to cost me 70 or 80 quid, I'd be very unhappy. Uh, apparently, this last month, someone has reported in the MeWe group that AliExpress are now doing basically cash on delivery. Um, they, they won't take the money until the courier has confirmed that it's arrived to you, which completely takes any risk out of it mm. for, for, for you in the UK. Um, now, I'm not sure about the details on that, but somebody did post that. And um, if that was the case, you see, my problem would be ordering, you know, a, a 400 pound phone or something. And it's just a huge risk because it's coming from Hong Kong or whatever. But if they're going to guarantee that sort of thing, then you think, well, maybe, maybe. I I have done that myself. Uh, I I always pay via PayPal yeah. and PayPal have this pay later option. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I, I do appreciate that, Chris, but this is actually for anyone paying any way, apparently. Um, they just don't take the money until the courier provides the evidence that it's been delivered, apparently. Anyway, mm. um, uh, I'll check that out for another show. AliExpress, um, Gold Star. Steve, last one to you. Just triggering on the back of what Chris was saying about companies, you know, raising their price, yearly prices, and you have to phone them, threaten to leave every year, and then they offer you the discount they should have given you. In the first place, the RAC Rescue, I get my annual letter saying, here is this year's price. Now, last year, they get a gold star because the amount they were asking for was like £1 more than the previous year. I thought, well done. A company is just raising prices at a sensible rate. They're not trying to rip me off. And I take the gold star away again because they've just had to renew this current year. <laughs> and they raised it by 30%. I had to phone and complain. Uh, the usual yeah. deal. So for one year only, the RAC had a coveted, mm. whatever works, gold star, but it's now been wrenched from their grasp. Sorry. Room 101 and, and Gold Star in the same show <laughs> for the same company. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for standing in and um, joining me for this episode of Whatever Works. I'm sure the listeners will appreciate the fact that we've been able to put a show out and it's been very good. So thank you to Chris. Um, anything you'd like to say about how people can contact you, where you are online, those sorts of things? Uh, the usual thing, you'll find me in MeWe. I do Yay. occasionally rant on um, Twitter, but it's, it's just my politics, so ignore me on there. Feel free. <laughs> okay. Ian, what about you? Uh, do you want, to, do you you want can, to be tracked down by anyone? You can find me on MeWe, and occasionally I venture into Reddit if I want a technical uh, answer to some oh, yeah. computer question that I can't work out. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so thank you very much, guys, for joining me. Steve, everyone knows where you are, but do you want anything else to say? Well, just to say that at PSC, phone show chat at the weekend, we've got a guest that's um, not too far from this particular parish joining oh, us yeah. on the phone-related show. Chris? Um, yeah, um, conditional on me getting my bloody broadband installed because ah, uh, yes. uh, my other <laughs> provider turns off, so uh, I might be doing it via the mobile. 
I do apologise in advance. And we have a landmark episode two, our 750th. Woo-hoo. So we shall certainly look forward to that. Um, we'll be back in two weeks. No, we won't. We'll be back in three weeks with another episode of Whatever Works. Um, WhateverWorks.works is our website, and um, you'll find me at tedsalmon.com. Links to all that I do, all of my podcasts, and all of my we, MeWe groups are linked down from there. You'll get um, whatever Aiden is up to, uh, AidenBell.com. And, of course, as we've mentioned a hundred times on this show, the MeWe group is where we hang out and we hope to find out whatever works in your life. We'll bring highlights of that to the shows in the future. Um, So there's only one thing left to say, really, gentlemen. Uh, Don't forget... Whatever whatever works. Whatever works. 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 (laughs) Works.